Joshua, there, there came a generation that knew not the Lord, and that's because somebody fumbled the ball. And uh, it didn't pass on. It didn't get translated to the next group of people. And, uh, and so uh, we want to make sure that we're training our young people in service now uh, for the Lord. And so tonight, uh, there's, they're not performing. They are ministering uh, to the Lord. They're going to preach. Some of these young men are going to preach. And I trust that you hear from the uh, word of God. Some special music will take place. I trust that you'll be able to worship the Lord in your hearts along with them. And so first we'll have uh, Sarah and Josh will do a duet for us. And the Lord has certainly blessed um, our church with some tremendous music and uh, some tremendous musical talent. And uh, it's been invested in by many parents and teachers alike. And uh, we're so thankful for it here. So I look forward to the piece that they have.
I'm going to have uh, three guys that are coming. You come on up here, and uh, they're going to preach for us tonight. Tonight, we've got Chase, Isaac, and Alex, and they're going to be preaching for us. And uh, these young men are all at different stages of their call to preach. The, some of them have been called and known it for lo- longer than others. Um, but the amazing thing about the Word of God is it doesn't matter the vessel. It's just that you're willing to be broken and poured out. And uh, it doesn't matter your ability. I heard one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard in my life this past year by a young man who was severely had severe mental problems and it was one of the most powerful things i've ever heard of how the lord has changed his life and uh it's just it's not about the it's not about the person it's not the individual it's about the power that we have through the holy spirit it's about the word of god and uh and so i have challenged these young men and talked to them before the service tonight about allowing the holy spirit to use them and so i trust that you'll receive it uh from god's word and it's okay to say amen and encourage them along. They're going to come up one after the another. We're not really going to have commentary between. And uh, they'll deliver what the Lord has laid on their heart. So we'll have a word of prayer for these young men. Uh, before we get started, if you go ahead and grab your Bibles, be ready. Chase will be the first one up. And are you ready, Chase? Born ready, he says. All right. We shall see. All right. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this evening. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the time that we can be here in your house and worship you. Lord, thank you for Community Baptist Temple. Thank you for the vision that you've given our pastor to move this church in a godly direction. Thank you for his faithfulness. And, uh, Lord, we're so thankful for the body of Christ that gathers here. Lord, such a wonderful spirit in this place. We surely know your presence here, and I'm so thankful for that. Lord, once again, uh, we beg that you would show up tonight. Lord, we don't want to take your presence for granted. And we know that without you, we're just wasting time. And, uh, and so, Lord, we ask that you uh, would descend upon this place in the Holy Spirit and that he would walk up and down these aisles, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I ask that you would give these young men clarity in their minds, that they would be able to deliver the message that you've given to them clearly for the body of Christ to be edified. And Lord, we ask that you would be honored through all that is said and done this evening. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 86.12. The Bible says... I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. I'm going to start my uh, lesson out today with a question. How is your relationship with God today? I know my relationship this year was really struggling with my Bible reading and my praying and everything like that, um, but I was really struggling. But uh, this verse really helped me with my uh, devotions and everything uh, when I needed help. Um. The first thing, you have, if you want to have a good relationship with God, you have to be able to, you have to be talking to God. Um, I'm just going to name, uh, I have a few points how to have a good relationship with God. My first point is praise God. If you want to have a good relationship with God, you have to be praising, praising him. And there's a lot of different ways you can praise the Lord, but I'm going to name a few of them. The first one, you have to be reading your Bible. You have to be in a, uh, you have to have a daily walk with God when you wake up in the morning and it's so important that you have a walk with God and when the mo- in the morning, and you need to have a walk with God. My second point is praying every day. This walking with, if you pray, you have to be talking to God if you want to have a relationship with God. You're not going to have a relationship with God when you're not reading your Bible or not praying right there. That's two main points. You have to be reading your Bible and praying every single day if you want to get closer to God. Another way you can do it is by soul-winning. You have to be soul winning. How are people supposed to know what heaven and hell is if we're not out soul winning and teaching them what it is? They need to, so many people are not 
don't know where they're going to go to heaven or hell. They need to know. We need to go out there and tell them what, what it is and if they need to get saved. The, those are three ways you can praise God. Another way, a simple one, is just being at church. You need to be in your spot. You don't even know it, but you could be a leader to someone in someone's life. You could be a li- your little brother might look up to you or something. You need to be a, just being in your spot at church. Is, you could, that, that's praising the Lord. You need, to, you need to be there. Someone might look up to you. Those are just a few points on praising the Lord. You, God deserves it. God deserves us. He, he deserves that we need to be reading our Bible and praying every single day and out sowing and being at church. We need to be there. We need to, we need to witness to them. God died on the cross and we can't even read our Bible every single day. Come on, guys. We need, we need to be reading our Bible and praying. I know it's hard, but you got to remember what God did for us. God died. He paid that debt he did not owe. My second point is praise the Lord with all your heart. you got to have your heart into it. Those four things, you could be doing all those things, all of them, without your heart. That's what I was doing. I, I, was, I didn't have my heart into it. I would go to church. I would sit there, get nothing out of the message, go home. That's it. That's not, you got to have your heart into it. You got to listen to the message, listen to what people are saying, what the pastor is saying. You need to, you got to get the effort into what you're doing. My third point is glorify his name. This is kind of ties in with praising him, but I think it's a little different. I think it having a good testimony. I think you need to have a good testimony. In your attitude, when you're at work, when you're at school, when you're just out, you need to have, you, need, you can be nice to people, and that's having a good testimony, but we need to have a godly testimony. We need to be out witnessing and telling people about the Lord. It's just because you know that you're going to heaven does not mean your next door neighbor knows they're going to heaven. My fourth, my fi- last point is forevermore. We need to be praising the Lord for, forevermore. The verse says, I will praise the Lord, oh, I praise I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. We need to, we need to praise him forevermore. Until, until he comes back or, or until you die, you need to be having a good testimony. Not just a good testimony. You need to have a godly testimony. You need to be out there and telling people about Christ. They don't know. People don't know. If you, when I was out sowing a few, uh, few weeks ago, I was talking to two people. They didn't even know what heaven and hell was. They didn't know what it was. We need, we need to be out there and telling those two, those two, pe- those two people got saved that day. It's great. We need, we need to be out there. We need to be reading your Bible, praying every single day, soul winning, and being at church. Those are simple points. They're simple. But you, are you doing them? Are you doing them? Those, those right there are going to praise the Lord a lot. I know it's hard when you wake up in the morning and you just think, oh, I can't do this. Set your alarm back 20 minutes before you before normal time so you can get up and read your Bible and pray. God deserves God deserves us reading our Bible. He wants a relationship with us. So my challenge is today, are you gonna praise God or are you not? starting off my message with something that's a little bit more unique. I'm not sure if you guys have heard. One. Two. Three. 
seven, eight, nine, ten. Statistically, three people die every second. As I counted, 30 people have just passed away. There are 7.7 .7 billion people in the world. Every second, six people are born. It's almost double every single time there's a death. 55.3 million people die every year. 151,600 people die each day. What are we doing to save them? I looked up a statistic that said that 2.5 billion of people claim to be Christian. I said, that's pretty good. I mean, that's one third of our population. Why aren't we, why have we not seen more churches started? Why aren't we seeing more Christians when we go out door knocking? And I thought something was wrong. So I did another search. 50 million say they're Baptist. That's bad. There's 2.5 billion out of 7.7 .7 billion that claim that they are Christians and I don't see anything do anything happening, at least not anything major, and 50 million are actually Baptist. And that was really surprising to me. And people are dying as I'm talking right now. How many of them actually are saved and know Christ? Please turn your Bibles to Psalms 106, verse 20. says in Psalms 106, verse 20, Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. There's a big word in there, similitude. It means in the likeness, similar, the same. So it will be that they changed their glory into the same as an ox that eateth grass. What is glory? It could be taken as magnificence, splendor, how God sees you, how people see you, your overall testimony in general. God is the king of glory. Our, it says that in Romans that we cannot match up to his glory, that we always fall short. Please turn to Proverbs 22, verse 1. It says there that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. It says that we should take our testimonies very seriously. When we're outside of church, we should have a good testimony. As I'm preaching, I should have a good testimony. When I'm just sitting around, I should have a good testimony. I'm not, I shouldn't be hanging out with people that don't worship God. I shouldn't be hanging out with people that disrespect God. I need a great testimony. And, how, and our testimony is how God sees us and how anybody else sees us. And so what is or what was your glory? What is your glory right now? You say how people see you, how God would see you, and what have you done to change it for good or for worse? Have you been reading your Bible? I mean, you're not going to change your glory when you're doing this. Like. Like. Love. We're not doing anything. We're just sitting there. How about we start liking the Bible? How about we start loving it? How about instead of swiping, we start flipping? I mean, we're doing nothing. We're just like, that's all we're doing. That's not changing our glory for the better. In fact, God's saying, open the Bible. I did, right there. Holy Bible. I read it. That's all we're doing. 
The Robert Pelica white gold oval, opal, tanzite, and diamond ring is worth $75,000. Our testimony is worth way more to God. It can be viewed as, God fa as God's favor. Has he favored you? God's favored multiple people throughout Bible times. He's favored Job. He's favored John. He's favored Mary. Are you favored by him? And how, and how have we changed our glory? What action have we taken? Have we been reading our Bible like I just stated? Have we been seeking help from authorities like Terrence or Mr. Kavanaugh or the pastor or just authority in your life for general? And Israel sinned and they changed their glory. That's what happened here. If you go back to Psalms 106 verse 20, it says, Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. If you go back to 19, just one verse back, they made a calf and horeb and, wor and worshipped the molten image. They made one idol, they made one, and then Israel struggled for, the, for generations with idol worship down the line. It wasn't just for one minute, it wasn't just for a day, it wasn't for two days, it wasn't for a week, it wasn't for a month, it wasn't for a year. It was for generations. Israelites struggled with idol worship because their, their ancestors did it. They set up the testimony that we can do this. So they did it. And Israel's glory has been changed throughout years and years and how they have failed with idol worship. And as Christians, we can change each other's glory. In Proverbs 27, 17, if you turn there, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through, 9 through 12, it says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold three cord is not quickly broken. In verse 11, it says, again, if two lie together, they can have heat. Without the heat, the soul wins. There will be the heat of hell for the unsaved. If we do not go out there, people are going to die, and they are going to go to hell. And we can sharpen each other with iron. When you sharpen iron, there's sparks, there's heat. We can help each other, and we can light a spark to go just, we can reach Akron. We can reach Ohio. We can reach all of America if we stick to it. I want to end with without a fire to soul win, then there will be the fire of hell. Go out, and how is your glory? I think I'm gonna get rid of my spine. It's holding me back. <laughs> alright. Alright, on, uh, on behalf of all the teenagers and myself, I would like to thank Pastor for uh, giving us the opportunity uh, just to give up a Sunday night uh, service for us and uh, just to let us preach to young guys. Uh, let people show their music talents. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, if you have your Bibles today, please turn to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 15, verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Familiar verse to you. Yeah. 
The Bible says in Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Today I'm going to be preaching about that last, uh, that last little part, the power of the Holy Ghost. I remember um, wanting the power of God in my life uh, ever since I started riding on the buses, just hearing stories and different messages, and uh, I wanted the power of God in my life, and that was something I really uh, wanted. I remember getting saved and the Holy Ghost coming into my life and how excited I was. And, uh, you know, even the upco- next services uh, after being saved, I just remember, you know, writing notes constantly, and uh, I'd come pray at the altar, and I was just excited. And I wanted the power of God, but, you know, I, I was so excited. I, I still didn't have the power of the Holy Ghost with me. I had the Holy Ghost. Um, I didn't have that power. I was, my first uh, couple, uh, after a while after I got saved, I was still uh, slipping in my faith and uh, struggling with a lot in my Christian life. Um, it was like, I guess you could say, having a gun without any ammo. I had the Holy Spirit, but I didn't have his power. I had the Holy Ghost, didn't have his power. And uh, because I didn't have any ammunition, I couldn't fight off any sin and temptation in my life. I got saved, had the Holy Ghost with me, but I couldn't fight off any sin and temptation. I couldn't kill it off. The Bible says in Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God gives us the power to fight off sin and temptation. He gives us that power. But we have to use it. We need to get that power. And you might be saying, how, you know, how do you get the power? Well, let me say right off the bat, you won't get Holy Ghost power sitting on your bum, but when you read your Bible. Uh, you're not going to have Holy Ghost power playing with God. You'll have it when you pray to God. Uh, you'll never have Holy Ghost power sleeping through service. You'll have it when you're singing to the Savior. Uh, you're not going to find Holy Ghost power on Facebook. You'll find it through your faithfulness. Let me say, God is not going to, the Holy Ghost is not going to speak to, to you through a cellular device. He's going to speak to you through Christ's deity. You have to make sure your priorities are straight in order to receive power from the Holy Ghost. Are you seeking the kingdom of God like the Bible says in Matthew 6? Because if you're seeking the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. You're going to receive the power of the Holy Ghost if you're seeking God, like you really should be. Uh, it's like having a car without any gas in it. You'll never reach your destination without any gas in the car. On low fuel, you'll never reach your destination. You know, you need that gas, and you're going to get gas by prayer, uh, reading, studying your Bible, spending quality and meaningful time with God, sitting through services, and uh, getting stuff from them. That's how you're going to receive Holy Ghost power. When, you, when you're doing these things lined up and you ask for that power of the Holy Ghost, God will provide. Let me also say this. You know, you, you can have your car. Uh, you can get a new interior, chromed out wheels, make it look nice, brand new model, beautiful car. But without the fuel, 
know, you're not going to reach your destination. We can look good on the outside. We can really come to church, and we can look good. Like, you know, I mean, we can look good. <laughs> we can, no, but really, we can have the looks. Our car can have the interior, the chrome dot wheels, everything that you need to have your car look good. But without the power of the Holy Ghost, folks, you're not going to reach your destination. What's your destination? Well, let me say, God has a perfect plan for you in every single one of your guys' life. He has a perfect plan. You got to follow that road, that destination. You know, I got saved, got baptized, became a member of the church, but that still doesn't mean I have the power of the Holy Ghost. That still doesn't mean that I have gas to reach my destination. That doesn't mean that I'm going to get there. Let me ask, uh, you know, do you have the Holy Ghost? Have you received him? Have you came to a point one day where you asked God into your heart to save you and received the Holy Ghost? If you have the Holy Ghost, are you out of gas? Do you have the ammo? Do you have his power? The Holy Ghost power. Um, Charles Spurgeon put a great emphasis on the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I think that we need to as Christians today. Are you, you know, do you need to come down to an altar today and, you know, say, God, I, I haven't had the power. I have your whole, I have the car, I have the gun. I don't have any ammo. I don't have any gas. I don't have any power. Fill me with your power, God. Give me the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Amen. Some good thoughts there. And just kind of to, to recap, we look and we see the challenge from Chase about praising God and how your, your life, you praise God with your life. You praise him in your actions. And, and certainly that is very true. And uh, the question about, you know, uh, that we can do things and just doing the basic things that brings honor and glory to his name. It praises his name. And we just spend time in, a, in the word of God. We spend time being a witness for the Lord. We spend time in prayer. Uh, pray, bring, bring praise to the Lord. And, uh, and then also we, we saw Isaac, a, a tremendous uh, challenge and maybe a, a kind of a, a reminder about the, the need to be a witness. You know, think about the souls that are dying and going to hell, how rapidly it's happening. And, uh, and how it goes relatively unobserved in our lives, the amount of people that are falling into an eternity of hell. And it doesn't shake our world. It doesn't rock our world. Um, to think about the people that you passed in the street. I was on Arlington Road the other day, and I saw a 20-year-old young man's body lying in the middle of the street. And I'm sitting in the Burger King, and he's lying on the street and had just been shot five times um, in a, in a gunfight right over here three blocks from the church, four blocks from the church, right around the corner, and uh, another soul. Thirteen gunshots are fired, and the young man is dead. And, uh, and it happens that quickly. And you think about those three souls that are passing into eternity every second. And uh, we have no time to waste, that's for sure. And uh, we, we need to make sure that we maintain uh, that, that witness, the, 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 what the Lord has done in our lives, that we maintain that in our lives as we go throughout our week. And certainly we can't accomplish any of these things without the power and um, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're, you are full of him. You've got, everything at your, you've got everything at your fingertips. It's just that you bottle it up. It's there, but you hinder. 
The Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. We can hinder him from having his will and his way in our hearts and in our lives. And, uh, and so we need to be on guard for these things. We need to be mindful of these things. And they may come from young voices, and some may look at them and say, oh, they're not experienced. It's easy for a young man to say, you just need to walk with God, and you know, they're just hard. But you just, if you'll just set your clock for 20 minutes earlier, that'll solve your problem. And, uh, well, if I could do that, then my problem would be solved, right? And it, it is so simple, isn't it? Sometimes it's just simple. And it is simple. The Christian life is simple. And it's a good reminder when you hear it from a young voice and say, they make it sound like it's so simple. If you'll just do this, then all, the, all of your problems will be solved. And it is true. I know we need application. And I know we need to, to make application in our lives. And sometimes we can't create the bridge to get to the other side, you know, get over the river. And sometimes that's a mental leap we, we struggle with. And we certainly can be bombarded in this world, discouraged, downtrodden. I was reading some news articles this past week. First one I read, it just, it struck me. And, and, and I, I read that headline. It was a secular news article. And the headline was, six to 10,000 churches will die this year. And as I read it, it, they went on to explain that every single week, about 100 churches, a little over 100 churches, uh, will close their doors. And that uh, while most of us believe that worldwide the Muslim faith is the largest growing faith, um, you may not know that in the United States the largest growing faith is the Mormon faith, um, but outside of that, when you take them as a denomination, actually the largest and fastest growing group of people in the United States is the people who call themselves nuns. They have no faith. They have no affiliation. And not because they don't know of God, because they choose not to believe in God. In 1991, 6% of America said, we don't believe in God. As of last year, 25% of Americans say, we do not believe in God. This was a, a nation, our nation, 1776, 98% of America was Christian. That's how it was founded. We were founded as a Christian nation, no matter who tells you that. Uh, what they tell you <laughs> otherwise we were a christian nation and uh you know i i read that and i look at that and I say man you know we're in trouble the world's a mess we're falling apart america's falling apart um i i read another news article and it was speaking about a, a christian a contemporary christian music artist uh lauren daigle i believe her name was and the rolling stone magazine was praising her for um her achievement of being number three in the top 200 uh, playlists of America. Most sold albums last week, number three. Over 100,000 albums sold last week. Um, only second and, or only third to uh, names like Eminem and um, popular, popular country star. I can't remember his, other, his name. Um, but right up there, she's right at the top of the list. This Christian music star. And they're saying, here, look at this Christian music on the top number three. I mean, there's a problem with that, isn't there? When Rolling Stone magazine is, is applauding a Christian, a Christian uh, music musician, and it's right underneath, sandwiched in between rappers, country music stars, and pop stars. And there's, there's a problem with our music there. And, uh, and, and, and I say all that to say you read these things, you say, man, Christianity in America, we're in, we're in bad shape. Well, that certainly is true observation. That's a true observation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we've got not a thing to worry about in our lives um, if we will stay true to the word of God. 
there has always been a remnant, and God promises that he will always preserve a remnant. You go to 1 Kings, uh, you move all the way through to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6, or Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 11, God repeats himself that he will always preserve a remnant. It may get really bad in this world, but if we'll just do the basics, we have nothing to fear, because I have overcome. Not even that, he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. No reason to be discouraged and read those things. You say, oh man, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, things are a mess. No, if you just do some of the things that were mentioned tonight, if you'll make sure that you're praising God through your actions, if you make sure that you're glorifying God in your testimony, and you make sure that you've got the Holy Spirit of God flowing through your heart and through your life, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, uh, and it is, it's, it's simply doing the basics in our lives. And, uh, and so I want to encourage uh, the church and I trust you're encouraged through the preaching um, but I want to encourage you tonight let's just make sure we're doing these basic things let's make sure we're praising God do you take time to do that in your life but verbally as well in your devotions taking time to sing praises to his name say my family doesn't want to hear me sing that's alright God does he does he wants to hear you sing and uh, and you know maybe maybe I don't want to hear you sing but God wants to hear you sing. Maybe you don't want to hear me sing, but God wants to hear you sing. And so let's make sure we're praising his name and, and, uh, and, and having that godly testimony, that godly witness. And uh, so thankful uh, for our church. And uh, we've got a great group of young people. The young people at our church, they led 25 souls to Christ this past year. And, uh, and I'm proud of them for that. They've been out witnessing, and uh, they've been out sharing the gospel. And uh, what it comes down to is actually doing it, not just talking about it, but you just got to do it got to do it one way or another and uh you know i'm always reminded that skit i think it's all one year at a, a men's conference and uh the psychologist was uh counseling a woman and she was uh having problems with depression and she came in and asked the psychologist you know, I, I just don't know what to do it it, it it i obsess with it all day long and uh and and i just think about it and he says well just stop and and over and over and over again in the skit he just tells this lady to stop stop just stop just stop just stop all you have to do is stop and, uh, and all your problems will go away. Just stop worrying. Just stop. And, uh, and sometimes it, it, it's, a, it's a caricature of, uh, of a skit for sure. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're emphasizing that sometimes it's just the little actions. We just have to make little changes. And uh, we always want the, the immediate big change in our lives to take place. A young man came to me this morning and, and said, how do I know what God's will is for my life? It's the question that people always want answered. What's the big picture? Well, I certainly don't know that for you. Sorry. But you know what you can do tomorrow? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to walk with God. We've got to spend time in his word. We've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to be a witness. We have got to be a witness. If you want to get close to God, get his heartbeat. Being a witness. That's as close as you can get. And, uh, and get the heartbeat of God. And so let's go ahead and stand this evening, if you would. Tremendous challenges from God's word. And I'm excited about what the Lord's doing with our young people. And uh, thank you for your investment. I want to just stop for a moment. And uh, Alex preached tonight, coming, and uh, he started coming on the buses. That's how he got in uh, part of church. And, and, uh, and so many other stories like that where individuals have invested. You heard music things tonight. And uh, you hear our young people perform and, and, and uh, not perform, worship and lead in that way in our church. And, uh, you know, there's, there's Morgan Dombrowski in the background helping these girls to, 
to teach uh, songs. There's Miss Jen, and she's teaching piano, and there's Brother Josh organizing it. There's a lot of investment that goes on from God's people into our young people, and, uh, and I thank you for that because that's how we'll maintain our part of being the remnant when we keep training the next generation. So tremendous challenges from God's word. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. Lord, as you spoke into our hearts, Father, we do, um, we do ask that um, you would just uh, ingrain these thoughts and uh, these, these truths. Uh, Lord, may we move through this week and just be mindful of our part of doing the basics. May we do what we know to be right. Even if we don't see the big picture, may we know, uh, do what we know to be right. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to uh, recall these truths as we move throughout the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the instrument begins to play, invitation.